Hi guys, welcome to another episode of the Late Night Drives podcast. In this week's episode, we have Rasesh Patel here to help discuss the action-packed Austrian GP, which was the final race of the first triple header this year. Hi Rasesh, welcome to this week's episode of the Late Night Drives podcast. Uh, so Rasesh is a really old friend of mine. People call us twins, but I don't see it, and I don't think he does either. Uh, case in point, he's been a Ferrari fan since I know him, and I can't stand Ferrari. The only reason I'm supporting them this year is because of science and luck, luck. But yeah, hi, welcome to this week's episode, uh, Rasesh. Hi, Prashast. How's it going? Good man. How are you? I'm good. Yeah, the so race was interesting. Race was really interesting. Uh, I thought the build-up to the race was uh, almost as interesting, right? I just wanted to like spend a few moments talking about like practice and qualifying. Norris had an unbelievable qualifying, you know, yes, starting yes. third. Uh, he's in great form. Yeah, I mean, matching up to like the marks was really unexpected to me, at least. He's been looking good on the McLaren lately. Like, I mean, even the previous two, three Grand Prix, if you look at what he's been doing during practice, it's been impressive compared, like, I mean, considering it's a McLaren right now. It's been very surprising, especially when you see somebody as experienced like Ricardo really struggling on that in that car. Yeah. I feel like Norris has done a really fantastic job at his age. Yeah, to, to some extent, it's almost as if he's uh, over, uh, not overdriving, but uh, he, he's pulling more from the car than it's expected from him, right? Uh, I think it's my old conversation with you, the difference between a racer and a driver, you know. Yeah, like, I think that's exactly what it is, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, where he has that uh, uh, mental uh, strength or whatever you call it to get everything out of a car, even if it doesn't suit him, doesn't, you know, it's, Absolutely. yeah, these guys like Norris, Hamilton, Verstappen, Alonso, I think these are the guys who are you like are talking about, right? When you say racers. Correct. Racers Absolutely. Yeah, drivers. the racers compared to the good drivers. Yeah. So, anyway, I think he, he was a key talking point. Uh, I mean, qualifying P2 was unbelievable for him. Uh, Sergio Perez was another surprising qualifier in the top three. I thought he would struggle a little more uh, in comparison to like Bottas at least and Hamilton too, especially after the practices. But he seemed to have pulled out uh, a good qualifying result and you know set up his car to his liking. Yeah, it seems like it seems like Sergio Perez finally is finding his feet in the car. Like this season, it's been a bit of a struggle, even though there were massive expectations. So I think like watching him really come back into the car, the last three Grand Prix, he's shown a real strong performance again. Yeah. So it's good to see Perez back. Like I mean, I'm he's one of my favorite drivers in the sense that he doesn't come from the money that we've been so often speaking about in F1 now. So it's good to see Sergio Perez like back in action in a good car, showing some performance that actually value that car when you see Verstappen doing the way he is in the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and of course, the other big talking point from qualifying to me was uh, George Russell. <laughs> getting a Williams on medium tires, absolutely on merit, out qualifying the Ferraris and you know getting into Q3, that was unbelievable. Why do you have to remind me where the Ferraris have qualified, man? Like, <laughs> hey, I'll come to the Ferraris too when we discuss the race. Okay, I think that was a master plan of theirs, which like really worked out. Uh, yeah, but, even I think so. 
Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, uh, I mean, I think Russell is again one of those guys who is just outperforming the car. Absolutely. Know. I think George Russell, the fact that he has even moved out of Q3 every single one, I think, of the of the season races is massive. I think uh, one race moved out of Q1. You mean? Yeah. Sorry. Q <laughs> moved out of Q1. Yeah. Yeah. To Q2. Yeah. He has gotten to Q2 uh, in every single race so far. Yeah. yeah, this was his first Q3 appearance, but he's called Mr. Sandai for a reason. <laughs> I yeah. I really hope to see him in a better car next season, honestly. Yeah, I was just going to say that. Uh, anyway, rumors are hugely surrounding him and Bottas. Supposedly, they're going to be swapping seats. And to be honest, it seemed like uh, this weekend, there was a calmness and like a confidence to George Russell, which... Sort of indicated to me that yeah, his contract talks are done, and they're just going to be like waiting to announce it whenever they do. Yeah, do you think he's actually going to move to Mercedes? If he does, that would be a really interesting lineup. I keep saying he shouldn't be moving right now because I, I think it's going to create a ne- negative energy, especially with the number of changes Mercedes has undergone in the back room. So I don't honest like my honest opinion is it's going to create a lot of friction because. George Russell doesn't seem a Valtteri Bottas, Valtteri Bottas doesn't seem like the dr- good driver. He seems like a racer and two racers yeah. in a team, a little bit I of a difficult. I can see that, but I think this, uh, I think he deserves it. And I really hope uh, he moves into that spot. Yes, it, it might end up being like a Hamilton Alonso type situation when they were at McLaren yeah. Mercedes. Yeah, uh, absolutely. But who knows? Like, it might be like the best thing that Hamilton is the best thing for Hamilton as well, right? Somebody pushing him in the same team, same equipment. What are, what's going to happen when it comes to team orders for Toto? Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's going to be a Nikki, it's going to be a Rosberg Hamilton situation again. They're going to be free yeah. to race. And I hope we see that, man. I, I really hope we see that. Uh, but, I mean, uh, I don't want to take anything away from Botas, but he's not been showing the performance lately. I feel like there's a, a sense of like, I think, underwhelming performances that have just taken away his confidence, I feel. Yeah, I completely agree. And I think, uh, you know, it comes down to that good drivers versus racers thing. I feel like Botas is a good driver, but I, I don't know. He just doesn't seem to have that uh, pace or drive in him to like really match up to... Uh, from his teammate. So, yeah, I, I personally feel like this is pretty much a done deal, but let's just wait and see. Uh, yeah, we'll have to watch. Yeah, yeah. All right, coming down to the race, started off with somewhat of a uh, bang, I suppose. And, you know, the first lap safety car, Ocon getting out in the first lap itself. Yeah. Ocon's had a terrible weekend, I think. Both weekends in Austria, really, really bad. Yeah, just things are just not going well for him, and uh, he missed out on getting out of Q1 as well in qualifying. And that first lap was just completely unlucky. This is completely unlucky. I'm not too sure if you'd call it unlucky, but like very blatant mistakes happening down the track. I feel to begin with. I don't know. I, I I would still say that it's down to a racing incident, but uh, I, I don't know if there was anybody's mistake, but maybe he shouldn't have been in that position, like being sandwiched from both sides, but it's yeah. the first laps these things happen. Speaking of first lap incidents, after the safety car restart, that 
move that Perez pulled on Norris. You think no. Norris deserved the penalty? No, I don't think so. Not at all. I think Norris was in the right all the way. I think Perez deserved the penalty. Honestly, if you look like at the whole of the race yesterday, I think that mistake seemed to bite everybody. Yeah, what was the FIA thinking by like you know penalizing Perez? I, it, like you said, it just came them. It came to like bite them in the ass because they had to then penalize Perez himself for doing yeah. the same thing on Charles <laughs> twice, right? Yeah. So Absolutely. I really don't know what they were doing, man. Yesterday, one of the things. Like on the track, what I noticed, I was actually discussing it with somebody during the Styrian Grand Prix. I felt like the runoff area should be a little more when you're going into high-speed corner like that to avoid the whole mess up that was happening and going off into the gravel. I feel like a little more spacing in the curb. Dude, so that's a whole other debate because I mean, I'm of the camp that uh, I'm in the camp that says that gravel. immediately after the track is brilliant because then it keeps every single driver honest right you don't right. have to like implement track limits and stuff during qualifying so uh, particularly if you have gravel because then you know the drivers made a mistake there's no advantage to be gained so i'm in that camp which says the gravel is brilliant uh, right. but yeah there are people like you who say that you know perhaps a Larger runoff, maybe making the racing more interesting at least. But yeah, because I mean, if you look at it, like when you're going in at what three G's on that turn, two and a half, yeah. three G's onto the yeah. turn, you probably are going to slide, especially when like everybody's had to restrict themselves in understanding their cars. There's no like updates to the cars itself lately, like in terms of everybody just frozen most of the developments. Yeah. So I kind of feel like uh, maybe a higher curb, something. to just keep the car there for a little longer would be helpful instead of the corner gravels which like i think slow down everybody's race after that i don't know man like paul ricard <laughs> has done that there no gravel traps there uh, and yeah. that race was that track is like really i i can't stand it as a track to be really frank so i i i don't know like i like i said this is a huge debate like there are people on both camps i see the advantages of what you're saying but i just feel like you know it shows true skill to keep it in then in between the two white lines you have to right. like keep the car no matter what in between the two white lines and then yeah, it's a usually i would say field, that it's an even <laughs> playing field for everybody but uh, anyway i i don't think there's a one right or wrong answer right? yeah there is there honestly isn't yeah. but like see i like like um, I don't remember which turn, honestly, but uh, they've got the curb where uh, yesterday Hamilton ended up damaging his underbody. Yeah, the sausage so curb like, on uh, I think yeah. turn three. Yeah. So things like that, I feel like uh, should one, be sorry. there are spaces. Yeah. Turn one. Yeah, yeah. I think it was turn, turn one. Turn one, which I'm, has yeah. the sausage curb. Yeah. Yeah. So I think things like that help, like in terms of keeping the cars, keeping the drivers in line, because like if you notice yesterday, like that one mistake from Hamilton really cost him mm. his race yesterday. Mm. So something like that, I feel, is better than the gravel because the gravel then affects the drivers at the back, which is what I'm against, honestly. Mm. Like I remember that one incident where uh, Leclerc was really closing in on the finish line on the start finish. Yeah. yeah, and that little mud in his face, I feel like through from Ricciardo, right? Yeah, yeah. 
could have and and you know you never know ricardo might have just been like dipping into the sand just to like mess with it yeah. but good good race for ricardo you know after qualifying what p13 seems to be more comfortable in the mclaren uh, during the race i feel like it's the mclaren setup that's given them the advantage the last two gps so we are going to see if he's actually settled in only in the next race i feel because you're going to see a lot more like i don't think uh, the downforce is going to play such a major role at silverstone yeah so i feel like you're going to see the renault struggling a little bit again yeah uh alpine those i'm saying mclaren mclaren okay yeah yeah <laughs> yeah so he still doesn't seem to have like the one lap pace that uh, lando norris has i mean in qualifying oh, he was half a second down right <laughs> but uh, yeah I, i thought this was a, actually a finally a decent race from him uh, you know making some moves and you know ending up uh, finishing p i think p7 Seven. after sergio perez's penalty uh so let's come to the ferraris good strategy worked out well for them it was a bit of a shock to everybody that they didn't make q3 but uh, good race for them uh worked out well like last race like the stadium grand prix as well they mixed strategies this time around with sainz starting on hard and uh, leclerc starting on the medium and sainz man he he drove 52 laps without pitting again <laughs> just like brilliantly managed his tires yeah carlos sainz seems to have really settled into the ferrari so i am looking forward to this combination because it looks really competitive after a very long time total change from ferrari's strategy for what like i've been following them for 15 years i think and i honestly feel like they've been finally the young driver lineup seems to be paying off for them in some sense because they've really gone backwards in the last 2 3 seasons for sure yeah they made, they seem to have made some, a, a good step this year uh, with their car and yeah they definitely more competitive and their their battle with mclaren for third place in the constructors seems like it's going to just go down to the last race i hope it does makes it interesting for everybody else uh not for me i would rather have it packed and wrapped a little earlier <laughs> no no it makes it interesting for everybody else man come on <laughs> but yeah uh unfortunate race for russell again he moved down to p13 by the first lap yeah i think he perhaps struggled a little more than last race with his tires during the race i thought uh, him fighting with alonso for the last p10 that was a good oh, battle that was a nice good battle honestly good like battle. it was great to see george russell really putting it putting all of his out there yeah yeah but yeah like alonso found a spot i guess <laughs> i mean it was bound to happen right alonso was in a faster car and of course it's alonso so he's going to do whatever he can to get past yeah. um i think the only couple of things that i wanted to sort of touch on was uh Mercedes actually swapped Bottas and Hamilton. They let Ham uh, Bottas race, and that was quite surprising. They didn't think really good have call. Of course, good call. They wouldn't have finished where they did, right? Right. <laughs> I mean, yeah, from the constructors' point of view, it made sense completely for them to yeah. do that. Yeah. They knew. They knew. Like, see, the minute uh, that uh, sausage curb that you were saying, the minute Hamilton went over that, it was a done race for him. And I yeah. think it just like it's not like they wanted them to race, but it's like. They didn't really have a choice but to get Bottas ahead. Otherwise, they would have lost that few constructors' points as well. I think what also surprised a lot of people was the way Norris 
actually kept Hamilton back. Uh, I mean, he held him up for almost, uh, I think, 20 laps, 21 laps. With that, I feel it's again, like I, like I was telling you a little earlier, I think it's the fact of where we're going to see the two McLarens come back in. I feel like the last two Grand Prix have suited their car setup a lot more than any anybody else for advantages. And um, when you look at, I think the Mercedes, you're really seeing the struggle with them not having the DAS system right now. Yeah. They've been like it's been a change in terms of because they are not able to get their tires working under the right temperatures. They are having a few downforce issues, which was all corrected with the DAS essentially last season. Yeah, the dual axis steering, right? Yeah, that really yeah. helped them. I'm, I'm sure they're, they're feeling the effects of that. Anyway, uh, moving on, right? Uh, you think the pressure of the second seat at Red Bull is sort of getting to Perez. You know, he seemed like he was almost driving angry, you know, uh, after like the first couple of laps and that first lap, uh, the restart incident with Norris and uh, the, the way he tried to block and you know kick Charles off the track. Do you think he was like driving angry or we've seen this side of Perez before uh, last year? Yeah, so usually Perez has, I mean, in his history been a very aggressive driver. So I feel like that is always going to play a part in terms of uh, experience not being sufficiently there for Perez. He makes he makes these really amateurish mistakes sometimes, I feel. But overall, I think it's more to do with the Red Bull pressure that might be getting the better of him right now, specifically because of if Verstappen was still doing second and third and fighting to be in first but not actually finishing on pole, like even with the, like, I mean, what, 10? I, what I was hearing from the commentators, I think 10 poles is what uh, they've got, uh, Red Bull have gotten since 2014. Yeah. I think you're right about that. Yeah. Yesterday was the 10th poll, if I'm not yeah. wrong. So it's really, uh, I think, uh, getting the pressure because I feel like they can actually be constructors' champions. So I think a lot of that pressure seems to be falling on Chico right now. Honestly, I feel he will get he will get better as the season continues. I think uh, better performance judgment would be post the winter break that is going to come along. The summer break. Okay. Yeah, that's, that should. I, I think I hope you're right. I mean, I hope he really comes back uh, and like finds his form with the car and you know. You saw it with Botas last season after the break. Yeah, I think you're going to see something similar from uh, Chico this after this break, right? Uh, yeah, Norris lost out in the pits. I think with his five-second penalty. Otherwise, I think he was a shoe in for second place. Uh, which again was like FIA. What the hell, stewards? What the hell were you thinking of? Like, yeah, I totally don't agree with the penalties. Okay, Maspin is fine. That's basically the procedure anyways. But I feel like the racing incident should have been left as racing incidents. Yeah, and even Sunoda's penalties, I understand. Like, you know, he tried, like, he, he wasn't, like, uh, within the white lines to enter the pits. And so, yeah. I, I understand those. But, yeah, some of the penalties they handed out, uh, you know, even after the race, they handed out uh, penalties too. I think it was... Um, uh, Giovanazzi and Latifi uh, for oh, failing to slow enough uh, for double yellows after the Raikkonen and Vettel incident. But they investigated, I think it was, they investigated Sainz, Ricciardo, Perez, everybody for not slowing down enough. And they only found these two drivers uh, who didn't slow down enough. Of course, it didn't affect their race result at the end of the day because they just got like a time penalty. But 
the decision to do that just didn't make any sense to me. Yeah, honestly, I feel like if there are uh, like incidents where they are going into uh, dangerous driving situations where they're not slowing down for yellow flags or something, I feel like when it's a when it's not really going to make any relevance to the race, that they should be uh, just uh, reprimanded. I don't even know how to pronounce that word. What's yeah, reprimanded. Yeah. Yeah, reprimanded yeah. and it should just be done at the back end in terms of like maybe some license point, something like that yeah. and be done with it. Yeah, I honestly do not think that it makes for better viewership or that control helps with anything that happened in the race, honestly. Mm. Yeah, okay, it's done. Nothing happened. I think they should go back, discuss it with the drivers during the driver briefing and be yeah. like, this is not acceptable. Like, you know what they did for Verstappen after last race's slow down at the start-finish line? Yeah, and yeah, him doing the burnout, burn right? Yeah, yeah. They weren't happy yeah, with that at all. Yeah. So, yeah, I feel it makes, like makes I, it's... Uh, when you look at the FI recently in terms of rulings, I feel it's... Uh, this conversation about the penalties handed out yesterday reminds me of the slowing down of the pit stop. I honestly don't get it. Yeah. Uh, very quickly, uh, I wanted to get through the... Who do you think had a good strategy and bad strategies like this race? Uh, I feel like to kick things off, Ferrari had a brilliant strategy. I think it was a strategic move to give up qualifying in Q2, give up in quotation marks, like be okay not getting into Q3 uh, because they just knew they had the race pace. Yeah, I think uh, Ferrari had a brilliant strategy when it came to science yesterday. I feel like they, maybe uh, they could have done a little more for Leclerc in the sense that I feel like he trailed behind the cars, which damaged his race a lot. They should have probably brought him into some open air for a bit. Yeah, so that's the thing, right? That's that's one of the um, uh, things that didn't work out. I, uh, even for like the people who started on soft tires, right? I think mainly it was Alpha Tori and Aston Martin. Both their all four drivers started on soft tires, and I think that strategy didn't really work out in the race because there was nowhere for them to come out after the pit stops, and you know invariably they were in traffic, and the moves weren't very easy to make even on fresher tires like Gasly was I mean he still finished out of the points and yeah sure he had uh, sorry Gasly finished uh, in the points what am I saying uh, he, he finished, finished ninth. ninth yeah but uh, he was saying he needed another couple of laps to like try and even make a move on Charles Leclerc so I think the soft tire starters really like lost out a little bit uh, absolutely struggled yesterday I think that was a really bad strategy call from the teams yeah the soft tires just didn't seem to work and I mean they didn't find the correct spaces in the on the track to get out get back out so I think they ended up damaging their second stint also yeah so I think these but, were uh, key in terms of like in my opinion yeah. the good and bad strategies I honestly was expecting a lot more from Gasly yesterday I felt like they would have, but I feel like his team let him down in terms of strategy. Otherwise, I feel like maybe they should have done a little better in terms of an early pitch stop, try and undercut. Something needed to be done. Then, like the pitch stop window opened and you saw all the soft tire guys just come in one after the other. Yeah, the undercut Almost worked like, for uh, Perez. I mean, he uh, pitted yeah, before Leclerc and he came out in front of him. So, uh, exactly. maybe they should have tried something like that. But I have a feeling they had no choice but to like make these guys qualify on soft tires. I don't think they would have gotten to Q3 otherwise. Like, you know, not all of them at least. Like, perhaps Gasly yeah. might have had the pace, but uh, Tsunoda and the two Astons might have struggled against the Ferraris uh, on the medium tires. 
that's true but in the long term i mean when you see it at the end of the post race result it really made no difference so no advantage yeah. going back into that i think they were actually just right? a little better right yeah and side <laughs> especially with like the pace alonso was showing i would have probably said he would have finished maybe a seventh had they just you know alonso was to... unlucky man alonso even in qualifying was unlucky you know vettel coming in oh, yeah, like that... beating him that was like a unfortunate incident which i i can't really blame vettel for cuz where where was he going to go there was not nowhere to go honestly yeah. Yeah, i remember seeing that and i'm like oh damn alonso just yeah. missed that one out completely yeah. otherwise i think he would have qualified like uh, at least in the top 5 it seemed like he had the pace to do so yeah he was a flyer of a lamp but yeah looking forward to the next race at silverstone what do you think what are your predictions what what do you think is going to happen for silverstone honestly i'm not too sure i'm expecting like um, there's going to be some uh, race pace from the mclarens i feel but uh, in terms of uh, podium finishers i would still stick my guns to the mercedes for silverstone okay they've just they've just been too good on that track for quite a few seasons now i think Yeah I think I'll have to agree with you there and uh, I think Bottas mentioned in the press conference post race press conference that they have uh, some updates also scheduled for uh, Silverstone so I definitely agree with you I I see them uh, being really strong there so yeah I I'm going to say it's going to be Hamilton Verstappen Bottas is what the top 3 is 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 what I think it's going to be Yeah, I I would not expect the finish order to be anything else, honestly. Yeah. And um, I've been like, I have a lot of friends who've recently gone and like become F1 fans. Okay. Been following it a lot, and everybody suddenly is very interested and thinks that Verstappen's the new world champion already. I honestly don't buy into that idea at all. Man, with the experience I, in the space. Yeah, I I don't think you can at this stage at least rule out Mercedes. uh to be Too fair premature. yeah historically uh this has been hamilton's well i think before this weekend it was hamilton's still hamilton's best start to a season and hamilton's tends to be stronger in the second half of the season compared to yeah. the first so there are 23 races this is only <laughs> round 8 we're not even halfway there it's way too premature to like Uh, write it off as red bull championship or verstappen yeah absolutely on like i don't see how you can uh, like i mean it's different uh, like writing off a of williams probably for the season but that's not what you're doing for a mercedes i mean yeah. i historically like have never been a mercedes fan but you have to appreciate what toto wolff and hamilton have done for that team like absolutely absolutely and hopefully you know this race this season ends up being as competitive man till the till the you know the 23rd race and yeah i mean i hope it goes down to the wire it's going to be fun uh yeah i'm honestly hoping hoping like this goes this season goes down i think if i'm not wrong it was the 2014 season last race is when barca lost out 2000 i don't remember the year but like uh, the last race last finish uh, hamilton i think finished like one position higher with some rule changes what was that 2008 man 2008 2008 oh not 14 okay 8 14 was red bull yeah 8. yeah 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 2008 that was, a, it was like I, it was one year after uh, yeah one by one position it it was uh, hamilton's first championship right win right uh, and uh, it was one year after uh, raikkonen won with uh, 
Ferrari. Ferrari, the two thousand, right? So yeah, that like I'm hoping that the season goes down to the wire, but. Uh, I I mean being an F1 fan I think I would like to like as much as it would be interesting to see a Verstappen world champion I feel like Hamilton's there and should be getting that one one more in the bag I honestly don't see it going any other way Yeah as much as everybody would like and hope for a difference because it's going to be more interesting I'm still uh, like I mean all respect where it needs to be handed when it comes to Hamilton I'm basically All right looking forward to that Thanks a lot for joining us uh, this week Rasesh. I'm happy to be here like honestly this is fun. I feel like we should do it while the race is going on next time. Oh let's try and do that. I haven't had the guts to try a live uh, broadcast yet. But <laughs> sure why not. <laughs> let's try one out Rasesh. Sure, for sure. Thanks a lot dude. Thanks. So thanks for tuning in to this week's episode guys. As usual Please follow us on our social media channels to keep updated. It's Late Night Drives Podcast on Instagram. That's L A T Night Drives Podcast on Instagram and Late Night Drives on Twitter. That's L A T Night Drives on Twitter. Cheers. Have a good night.